Well, please turn with me in our Bibles uh, this evening uh, to the book of Psalms. And turning to Psalm 121. And you'll find that on page 516. Psalm 121, with the heading, A Song of Ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Last time uh, we were together, we looked at Psalm 120, and we were saying that this psalm uh, is part of a wider collection of psalms that are known as the Songs of Ascents, uh, because each of these songs have that heading to them. And this grouping of psalms uh, ranges from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. And so you have these 15 songs that are packaged together intentionally uh, uh, by uh, the Lord's servants uh, to be used uh, by the people of God. Most likely that heading explains that they were used as the people made their travels towards Jerusalem as they ascended up Mount Zion uh, for one of the uh, festivals, one of the religious feasts in the Old Covenant period. But as such, that meant that they were songs that were appropriate and that were, had sufficient breadth to them that they characterized the journey of faith, what it is that the people need to be meditating on as they make their way to the place of worship, as they come before God. And so these psalms, although there's much uh, uh, connection between the psalms, you'll also start to see that there's a lot of breadth and depth and width to them, that they're talking about a lot of different things as well. And last time we were looking at this idea of the life of faith as one in which we are pursuing peace, uh, even in the context where there's much opposition to what makes for peace. But this evening we want to turn back and we want to look at Psalm 121. And we want to see how this psalm is really a psalm of encouragement. Uh, It is a psalm of finding our confidence in the Lord. And we want to see that because the Lord helps those who are in need, we are to put our trust in him. We want to think about this psalm then in, in three thoughts. We want to think about the search for help, the source of help, and the security of God's help. Well, first, we want to think about the search for help. In the opening verse there, the psalmist says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? 
As the psalmist lifts his eyes and sees the landscape of the hills around him, it's not clear whether the psalmist is looking at the hills as a place of refuge that he could run to for safety. Maybe he would be safer in the hills than where he is at present. Or whether he's looking up at the hills and seeing them as a place of danger. That danger lurks in the mountains. But however he is looking at this scenario, as he looks up at his surroundings, it provokes the question, where does my help come from? From whence doth come my aid? And as he is saying that, he is recognizing something of his own, his own helplessness, his own neediness. And every one of us can relate with that because every one of us is a creature. We aren't self-sufficient. We depend on the help of others. That's true not just of when you're young and little. Uh, when we're young, we need help tying our shoes. We need help uh, uh, getting our food. We need help with all kinds of things. But we still need help when we get older. Uh, we need help in many different ways. We need help when we become anxious about our situation. We need help when uh, we're faced with tragedy, uh, when we're faced with death. We need help when we're confused about something. We need help when our relationships are at log, uh, logging with heads with one another. There's all kinds of ways where we sense, I can't fix this. Uh, this problem is bigger than me. And so every one of us lives needing help. And this question then is a relevant question. But it's a question that's not just talking about his circumstance, that I'm a needy person. But it's ultimately stepping back and saying, where am I ultimately looking for my help from? What is my ultimate source of help? And as he's asking that question, uh, it is pressing us uh, to answer it ourselves. Where do we look to for help in our journey through this life? And is it going to be able to help us and to support us in all that we face? Darby Strickland, commenting on this psalm, makes this point. This gives the freedom to ask the Lord for help and to confess feeling overwhelmed and doubtful about the path ahead. This psalm allows us not only to say, I need help, it gives us that freedom to say, I feel overwhelmed and the path ahead intimidates me. Here's a psalmist acknowledging that he's in a situation of feeling uh, vulnerable. So there is a search for help. But then secondly, the psalm is also giving us something of the source of help. The question is not raised without giving us an answer. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. And you notice there that the psalmist uh, uh, explains that his help comes from the Lord. Uh, um, his reliance is uh, uh, answered by looking to the Lord. Maybe the question is one that we've never answered ourselves. Where am I looking for help in this life? But every one of us looks somewheres. And the, to be able to uncover where we're looking for help, we just have to ask, where do I turn when I'm faced with troubles? What is going to help me through my troubles? For one person, it might be substance. Uh, it, it could be something like alcohol um, to help 
with the tr problem, problems that we are faced with. Um, when we are overwhelmed with guilt, when we have regrets about the past, when we're frustrated about our present circumstances, we might turn to different things to help us, to numb the symptoms so that they no longer bother us, so that we're no longer nagged by the feeling of our inadequacy. At least it'll die down the, the feelings that we're going through. But when we turn to things like alcohol or to uh, these things, as our source of help, they're not able to do what we're asking them to do. They can numb the symptoms, but their, their treatment is only going to be on the surface. They're simply going to bury or to push down the deeper underlying issues. And so here the psalmist is saying every one of us is going to ask that question, and every one of us implicitly gives an answer by the way that we react to the troubles around us. And if we're looking to the bottle, then we'll answer by saying, my help comes from the bottle, even though it can't ultimately address the deeper issues. We're asking uh, things, whether it's our alcohol or whether it's the way we spend our money to make us feel better. We're asking it to do something that it can't ultimately do. It can't alter the future and it can't erase the past. It only numbs us to the reality that we're faced with. So our problem is not just that we're dependent creatures. Our problem is, is that we tend, to, we tend to look at our problem and misdiagnose what our real problem is, where we're ultimately looking to, uh, or the depth of our dilemma. Our dilemma is not simply financial or material or physical, but ultimately, the scriptures teach us that our real problem is spiritual. The Bible tells us that our problem is a moral corruption of our nature, that our problem is, is that we have been estranged from our God. And if we don't turn to God with our problem, that is, in a sense, evidence of how we view God. We are saying God is not a helper fit for us. You remember in the beginning of the Bible, it says that it was not good for Adam to be by himself and that the Lord purposed to have a helper fit for Adam. That, that the helper that was fit for Adam was one that would support him and enable Adam to carry out his duties. But if we are not turning to the Lord as our helper, we're saying he's not one who is able to support us. He's not fit and appropriate for our needs we're still saying something about God in the way that we react. Even if we don't turn to God, we're saying something about how we understand God. So all of us are going to react to our neediness by turning somewheres for help. And if it is not to the Lord, then it is going to be to an idol of some sort. We'll turn to something uh, to help us in our time of need. So we should all be, as we look at this psalm, just asking the question, where are we looking to for help, particularly as we journey through this life and as we live knowing that death is, uh, awaits us all? So the psalmist here raises the question about sources of hope, sources of help, but he answers it here in verse 2 by saying, his source of help comes from the Lord. Uh, and notice how he argues for that. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
He gives two reasons here for why we should turn to the Lord for our help. The first is is because God is our maker. God created all things in the beginning. And the God who has made us, who knows us in and through, is a God who is able to attend to our needs. He knows the depth of our dilemma, and he's able to restore what we've broken. You think about how we do that so intuitively. Uh, If you have a cell phone, and your cell phone isn't working, uh, and you try different things and you can't get it to work, it's, it's beyond your ability to fix You'll take your cell phone and you'll bring it to uh, the people that sold it to you. You'll take it to someone who knows the cell phone from the inside out. They are able to build these things. They're able to fix these things. They're able to restore them. And you'll take that cell phone and you'll say, it's not the way it should be. Can you help me? Well, the psalmist is saying something similar here. He's saying, my help comes from the Lord. And unlike the idols around that can't actually help, God can, because God is the one who made me. He knows me. He knows my problems. He knows the depth of my distortions. He knows the depth of my need. But the one who makes me is able to restore me. And so he's able to explain why it is that he turns to the Lord. He is his creator. But notice there's more than that. He gives a second reason as to why he turns to the Lord for help. In verses uh, 3 and 4, he says, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. What's he arguing there? He's arguing that he looks to the Lord for help because God cares for him. Because God is his helper. You'll notice in this psalm that six times in these verses, he uses the word keep. It's the theme of the psalm. The word keep means to guard, to exercise great care over something. And that's why he says he will not let your foot be moved. He'll not let your foot be slipping. You think of parents with a young child, and when that young child moves from crawling to walking, and you think about how the parents exercise great care over their child. They are hovering over their child as they take each step, making sure that that child, their foot doesn't slip. They are not indifferent, but they are watching them. They are invested in their child's development. They are invested in their child being able to walk. That's the language that the psalmist is using here. That God is his helper. He's the one who made him. But he also depends on God because he cares for him. That he is as one who watches over him to make sure that his foot uh, does not slip. You see that as well in verses 5 and 6. He says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. Not only is the Lord alert in his care and exercising that, uh, uh, extra, uh, that great care, but he's protecting uh, his, his people. The Lord is your shade. The Lord is your shadow. You remember in the Old Testament, the story of Jonah. Jonah was sent uh, to the city of Nineveh uh, to proclaim a message of the Lord's judgment. But at the end of Jonah's story, you remember that he goes outside the city and he sits waiting to see what happens. Because this city is the city of his enemies and he wants to see what actually does happen to the city. 
But it tells us that when Jonah was out there, that the Lord caused and appointed a plant to grow up. And Jonah found shade in that plant from the scorching heat of the day. The shade, the shadow, gave relief to Jonah. He was no longer beat down by the sun. He was protected from the elements of the heat. He found relief under the shade. And that's the idea, again, of what the psalmist is saying. The Lord is your relief. He is your protection. In him you find your, your relief from that which would threaten and beat you down and drain you ultimately. And so he says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. Shadows are a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes when it's a nice sunny day, it's fun to look down and to see your shadow as you walk along. And some, for some of us, maybe some of us who are young, we enjoy dancing with the shadow. Or if you're walking with your mom or your dad, it, it can be fun to try and cause your shadow to disappear. You can, you can walk alongside your parent and you see two shadows, and then you can jump inside your parent's shadow and your shadow disappears. And then you can jump back out. And it's a fun little game that kids like to play. There's my shadow and there it's gone. Well, notice here what the psalmist is saying is he's saying, God is my shadow. It's as if he's saying that I can find relief by being so close. And you think about that game where kids will jump in and out of their parent's shadow. The only reason they can do that is because their parent is right there beside them. They couldn't do that if their parent wasn't right there. But the psalmist is saying that God's shadow provides them that relief because God is right there. It's because God is present. So as the psalmist is describing why it is that he looks to the Lord for help, he says, I look to the Lord for help because he's my maker. He's the one who knows me. He's made me. He's able to fix whatever I have. But he also looks to the Lord for help because he knows the Lord cares for him. And he knows the Lord cares for him because he exercises such care over his, his positioning. Because he is there present with him through all that he is faced with. And so he knows uh, the security that ultimately comes from uh, his Lord. In verses 7 and 8, he says, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. What does he mean when he says the Lord will keep your life and he will keep you from all evil? Does that mean that believers will be protected from all harm? James Boyce says, uh, When it says, My help comes from the Lord, it is acknowledging that we are going to need help on our journey. When it speaks of the Lord watching over us day and night, it implies that we need watching. The psalm is not suggesting that we won't face trouble, but that the danger will not undermine God's control or his care over us. In spite of the danger that lurks around, the psalmist is safe because God's care preserves him. It's the same truth that Paul celebrates in Romans when Paul says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of God's creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.
because God cares, he can live under that security. Because as God is present, he can live with the power of God with him. And so the psalmist is celebrating in, in this psalm. He's, he's making his journey towards Jerusalem. He's able to look around and say, ultimately, my confidence comes in the Lord. He is with us and he has made us. And so we are depending on him. But the psalm ends in a very interesting way. It says there in verse 8, The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Not only is a God a God who protects his people, keeping them ultimately from the dangers of evil, but it celebrates that God's protection is unending from this time forth and forevermore. There is no end to God's protection. He will be uh, a protector and a helper forever. But it's interesting how that is articulated because it says the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. In all that you do, God will protect. In all your comings and goings, uh, the Lord uh, will sustain his people. But that same figure of speech uh, is found elsewhere in scripture. One of the times it's used is in the book of Numbers. It's used in Numbers to describe the successor to Moses because the people of Israel need someone who will be with them. In Numbers uh, chapter 27, uh, it says, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits or of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go out before them and shall come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in so that the congregation of the Lord may not be as the sheep that have no shepherd. The people stand in need of a leader who would be with them at all times so that they would not be like sheep without a shepherd. That's what Joshua was meant to be. He was meant to be a leader that was always with them in all that they did so that they were not vulnerable. And so Joshua was always with them during their their movements into the promised land. But here in Psalm 121, the psalm ends with a declaration that ultimately this is the Lord's work, that the Lord is the helper. The Lord is the one who is going in and out with his people. He is present with them so that they are not helpless, so that they are not vulnerable or as helpless sheep, but rather that they are safe and secure. And we begin to see how this psalm is already anticipating what the Lord Jesus is. Because the Lord Jesus is the helper who is fit for us. Our maker who knows us is able to restore us because he became like us. The Lord Jesus is able to help us because he is present with us. That he actually takes on flesh and lives amongst sinners. Jesus is the guardian and the helper of his people. He came to help us who were helpless in our sins. In his high priestly prayer, Jesus explains that he was fulfilling the description of this psalm when he says, while I was with them, I kept them in your name. I guarded them. And none of them were lost except the son of perdition. I have guarded them is the same language of the psalm. Jesus is the divine protector. He protects us and his people from all evil, including sin, Satan, and the sting of death itself. 
He protects his people from the judgment against their sins by paying the penalty himself on the cross. He protects his people from the accusations of the evil one and by dispelling his lies by the word and spirit. He protects us from sinking into ruin because he is in control and he is faithful to guard his people. Our help comes from the one through whom all things were made and who drew up to us what we might re- find relief from the wrath of God in his shade. In Christ, we find refuge, relief from the wrath of God, and we're able to live knowing of the help of God in Christ. So we come back to that question. Where do we look to for help? Is it going to be able to sustain us and to support us when we have failed in life? Is it going to be able to support us and to sustain us with dealing with our sins? Is it going to sustain us and to help us and to give us confidence as we move forward in this life? Jesus here is one who exercises great care over his people. Jesus again prayed for his people during his earthly life. But Jesus continues to pray even as he's ascended unto the Father. He's interceding on our behalf. And he sent his spirit so that we would not be left helpless. Jesus sent the spirit as another helper so that we would know the presence of God throughout our life. And so here is a psalm that is talking about a very simple but very important question. Where does my help come from? And the psalmist is able to say, from God. Why should I look to God for help? He's my maker. He knows me. He's all-powerful. But because he cares. How do you know God cares? He showed it in and through the sending of his son. He showed it in his promises being fulfilled in the coming of the Messiah. He showed it in the resurrection when Jesus conquered the power of death. God showed that he cared by taking on flesh and living amongst us. And so we can live knowing of God's help and to live with the confidence that brings. This psalm is meant to be a psalm of encouragement and it is one that celebrates God's help and his guardianship over their life. This life is filled with trouble, but we have help when we turn to the Lord who is present and who is powerful and nothing will separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus when we trust in him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray that with this psalm we would find encouragement, that we would be able to see that your protection is unending, to know that your presence is realized through the incarnation of the Lord Jesus and by the ministry of the Holy Spirit within believers. And we pray, Lord, that we would be convicted, not only that we are dependent, but that we are people uh, that are uh, needy uh, spiritually. Lord, help us to see our source of help must come from the Lord and not from within or from the things of this world, but to the God who has made all things. So go before us, we pray in Christ's name.